Hello and welcome to another episode of The Voice for American Law Enforcement here on the America Out Loud Network on YouTube and channels everywhere. I'm your host, Randy Sutton, a retired police lieutenant, 34 years of police service, the author of A Cop's Life, and the founder of The Wounded Blue, the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. Thanks so much for joining us again today. So let's talk about my what I usually do at the beginning of the program is give you my view from the blue. So that's what we're going to do right now, my view from the blue. I want to talk about the culture of heroism in policing. I was recently giving a keynote address to uh, a large group of North, Carol North California law enforcement officers at, at the Concerns of Police Survivors Black and Blue Ball. It was an amazing event. And there was a, uh, probably a thousand people in the audience, uh, law enforcement officers who were um, active duty, retired, and then there were a number of injured officers as well. And I, I reprised something that I had done in a media interview. I was asked about the, uh, during a media interview, about the systemic racism in law enforcement. And I answered it by saying this, <clears throat> that there is no culture of racism in the United States of America, but there is a culture of heroism for the American law enforcement officer. And that culture of heroism is being tamped down by the mainstream media and by the political leadership of this nation and around the country. And when I talk about the culture of heroism, I talk about, and I, and I want to get across to you and to the, the American public who is going to either see this or listen to it on iHeartRadio or one of the other uh, outlets. And that is that the men and women who decide to put on that badge and decide to go out and do the, uh, the job of a law enforcement officer are doing so mostly as a way to give to their communities, a way to uh, really, um, they see themselves as protectors. And so when I, when I hear about, um, especially from you know, a lot of media and social media um, individuals who are dehumanizing law enforcement, trying to demoralize them uh, and, and stigmatize them with, uh, with this false narrative about systemic racism, I would, I would find that uh, they are acting in a way as to help divide this country instead of unite it. And law enforcement should be a uniter, not a divider. Uh, because the men and women who are actively serving today literally take their lives in, uh, and, and risk their lives every single day that they go out. But in addition to risking their lives, uh, they also risk devastating injury and they risk uh, the psychological traumas that go along with policing. Um, there's a story that we're going to talk about uh, in the next segment uh, that will highlight the, the heroism that police have and uh, and and that's what we're going to talk about just a, in, in just a couple in couple minutes but if the american public were exposed to all of the amazing heroism that is on display literally every single day 
by law enforcement officers in this country, they would have a completely different view of those law enforcement officers. Just last week, there was a, a huge uh, video that came out, which was, I mean, this is why I love body cams, by the way, uh, because it captures some of the most incredible moments that a law enforcement officer will, um, will ever experience. There was a plane crash uh, outside of Los Angeles and the plane landed on train tracks and the train is coming down the tracks this and there's a, an injured pilot in there and these officers knowing that they are putting their own lives at serious risk serious risk as this train is barreling towards them work to get this this guy out of the plane and it is really really a dramatic video and 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 I, I bring it up because this is one of those things that really highlights the bravery of law enforcement officers. So that is really the culture of law enforcement. The culture of law enforcement is heroism, not racism. And that is my view from the blue. Now I'd like to bring in, I've got a great guest host today. I'll give you a little bit of bio information about Mike Mercer. Um, Michael is a retired law enforcement officer with 23 years on the job and over 35 years in crime prevention. Michael is a former chemical agent specialist and a Navy veteran. Michael was co-creator of the Chemical Agent Specialist Program at a large Metropolitan Police Department. Michael is one of only seven certified crime prevention through environmental design practitioners in the United States. Michael's focus, perseverance, and resilience is his driving force in ensuring that people can and should be able to live their lives with freedom from fear. He's the inventor of the only mobile pepper spray deployment system available. The patent pending defense system uses less than lethal force and will save police officers and civilian lives. Michael Mercer, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining me. Randy, brother, thank you very much for having me on. So, um, you, I, I just gave a little bit of bio information, but if you would talk about your police career and uh, where, how, how you wound up as the inventor of this amazing product. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for the opportunity to co-host with you today. Uh, yeah, I, um, I started in law enforcement back in 1985, and uh, it was with the Portland Police Department in Maine. I worked he up here for a while and it got pretty bored and I decided to work, uh, you know, move west. I was born in California, so I wanted to come west and always loved the desert. So I got a job at the Mesa Police Department in 1993 and worked there for some time. And uh, about year 2000, I moved back to Maine. Uh, I got a job with the Cumberland County Sheriff's Department. And uh, at the same time, uh, you know, 9-11 hit and uh, I was working with the Sheriff's Department and I did the Navy at the same time. So uh, I was 37 years old and went into boot camp and uh, decided to serve my country at, uh, at that age just to give them what I had. Because I had been a cop for 15 years at the time. So, you know, there was something I could offer. So service was a big deal for me. And then uh, I got injured on the job. I was uh, investigating an OUI, DUI. I fell 40 feet and uh, suffered a traumatic brain injury. Uh, Late for you know, laid unconscious for four hours uh, uh, without you know really. The PD never checked on me, never did a radio check. Uh, so uh, survived that uh, you know three years of learning to talk and walk again, and got back to uh, trying to live my life. And 
with my present wife and um, Connie, just I decided to do a consulting company because cops, we need to serve, don't we? And we talked about it earlier. It's just that I needed to give back somehow. So I, I got recertified under crime under SEPTED as you know a nationally uh, recognized SEPTED practitioner, and I started doing uh, crime prevention courses. I started doing courses on situational awareness for many different uh, industries, whether it be real estate agents all the way to Uber drivers. But when the China virus hit, I had to pivot my company because the governor here shut everything down. Uh, we couldn't. We couldn't literally couldn't leave the house and I'm in many many states were like this so it's very difficult in a consulting company to to do face to face and, and to travel and, and to do that so God gave me this uh, uh, this vision as to how am I going to protect my brothers and sisters that are on the street I mean after after the lockdowns you know and the riots of, of the previous year I saw the need for me to be able to try to come up with something that to protect a police officer uh, and, and from being attacked from the exterior of his or her vehicle. So uh, about a year and a half ago, I invented a mobile pepper spray deployment system. And being familiar with pepper spray, I know it's less than lethal, it's organic. I put it on my cheeseburgers, uh, so it's not going to hurt anybody. Today's political environment, you know, we're very, very careful about hurting other people, especially if they're criminals, you can't hurt them. So I, I came up with a way to uh, put a uh, put pepper spray inside your vehicle that allows you to disperse it all the way around the vehicle. So I got this patented in the United States and I got it patented in, in South Africa because uh, there's a need for this all over the world. Um, it's just amazing, Randy. As soon as I started this, uh, we, we, we took off, I got the patents, and I said immediately, my service was to police officers and veterans who'd been injured in the job, injured in the line of duty. And yes, I had a product, but I wanted to make sure Freedom From Fear, the podcast, Freedom From Fear, the giving, um, that was primarily the reason why I'm doing this. Um, and then immediately I called out to you, Randy, and we've been working together since the beginning. So um, I, that's my story on how I am where I'm at today. Uh, we're, we're just going to be giving back. We, we've got five different uh, designs and we're working with big companies like Mace. We're licensing huge companies like Mace. And a lot of these companies are very interested in my device so they can sell their pepper spray along with me. So we look uh, like we're going to poise ourselves very well in 2022 uh, to be able to help more police officers and you know and civilians. Fantastic! I love the idea, and I think it's it's not only going to going to help law enforcement, uh, but civilians that uh, that are uh, you know being victimized, unfortunately, at a rate that we've never seen before as far as carjackings go and, and that type of thing. So very innovative, um, and your law enforcement career has been stellar. You understand uh, what, uh, what the, the needs and, the, and the, the challenges facing American law enforcement today. So let's talk about some of that today. Um, there's a, a headline that came out, and... It hasn't gotten the attention that I really think it needs to, but I guess they're waiting for the actual uh, other shoe to fall, if you will. The 
Um, the headline is Biden planning executive orders on police reform. And the move is likely to coincide with Black History Month. President Joe Biden is reportedly planning to push his police reform agenda via an executive order as early as last month, uh, this month. The executive actions are being finalized, according to NBC News, but are expected to be rolled out at the start of Black History Month in February as the administration tries to achieve policy goals leading up to the president's State of Union address in, in March. The House passed a sweeping police reform uh, measure earlier this year in response to the death of George Floyd, but months of negotiation amongst a bar bipartisan group of senators failed to produce a bill. So what uh, uh, the president said was, I still hope to sign into law a comprehensive and meaningful police reform bill that honors the name and memory of George Floyd, because we need legislation to ensure lasting and meaningful change, unquote. Makes me sick. Makes me sick. I just, it makes me sick, too. Um, the, the absolute pandering of this president to, uh, to sign an executive order, to plan an executive order, because the lawmakers cannot agree on, on, a, on a package of laws. The president is going to push it down the throats of the American public. Uh, and law enforcement. If it affects law enforcement, it affects the American public. Now, we already know that, that it, just by the wording of that, uh, that this, the, see, here's, that word police reform is, is, is not reality. It's actually, it's not reform, it's revenge. And that's what, that's what this is. And it even says it in the, in the memory of George Floyd. So in essence, what the president wants to do and what many of the, the political left wants to do is hold every single police officer in the country accountable for the incident that resulted in the, in the death of George Floyd. That's what this is all about. And, and I'm, I'm scared to death to see what this, quote, reform uh, executive order is going to encompass because I guarantee you this, it's going to make the police job more difficult and more dangerous. What are your thoughts? First of all, <clears throat> it's nothing more than a political move. It's nothing more than a stunt. He's coming, uh, he's executive orders as a direct result. And I'm telling you, you, you Laburn, who, who is pushing it, uh, you know, uh, black reform, law enforcement reform, uh, because of George Floyd. This is all politics. This is happening in Black History Month only to create more divisiveness between uh, law enforcement and the American public. This is intentional because the optics of it shows you that we care. This is a Democratic, a white Democrat that has history steeped in racism. And this is the most racist Get me off on racism here. It's going to be unbelievable. But the whole thing about what he's doing to the American law enforcement, he's dividing us again. And he's using uh, he's using Black History Month as a way to uh, to separate even more. He did the same thing with 9-11. Remember, he wanted to pull the troops and commemorate 9-11. Well, that was everything is about optics with this guy. It's about what it looks like to people. It has zero, nothing to do with police reform. 
It has what it's going to do to his Look what he's polling in the South. He used to be polling among blacks. He used to be polling in the high 50s, or excuse me, high 70s. But now he's low in the 50s, and he's going to push this as a political thing to get more votes. You know, we uh, we we talk about um, uh, you know how this how damaging this this has the 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 possibility to be to law enforcement and the motivations behind behind this this uh, idea of of creating a executive order when they, when they couldn't pass any legislation. There's been some talk that this is being done because of his uh, dismal failure to try and get policy done uh, for, for his agenda as he's been dealt defeats by the Supreme Court references, his uh, COVID uh, mandates that uh, he's been He's been handed a defeat for that massive, just you know, chop yeah, build back better, build back worse. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So there's been some talk that the reason that he is going to push this forward is because it's a gimme. That is, he doesn't have to worry about um, about the Senate actually, you know, putting meaningful laws into into effect. But this gives him. The, the the wind so to speak for what for his his uh his policy and agenda absolutely right i was thinking the same thing the supreme court has already uh said that you are a violation of the u.s constitution not just once but at last at least three times with these mandates the vax mandates uh all the other stuff that they're mandating and they're unconstitutional, just as well as this is going to be unconstitutional. Uh, whatever he comes up with uh, is not law, people. Uh, they're direct. They're orders. They're um, you know, it's it's You know, you look at some of the. He has written more direct orders than any other president ever in history. He just sits there and writes them. You know, and uh, and I don't think it's him writing them. Quite honestly. I don't think he's he's not smart enough this. to write it. <laughs> I don't think he he's... can't keep a pen straight. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to have to wait and see. I will be talking about this again, um, you know, as as uh, as this moves forward. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking at this, going, how bad is it going to be? Because you know, here's what, here's the thing: we've seen these quote police reform unquote measures. Um, being put forth in, in states. For instance, the state of Washington. The state of Washington recently passed, it started actually uh, um, just a few months ago, passed laws that are so incredibly radical in nature that it makes policing almost impossible to do. And that's the, that's the goal. The goal is to end policing as we know it through, um, through these, the, this... Uh, uh, radical laws that are being put in place. For instance, the the laws put into place in Washington um, forbid the use of any weapon that has a caliber of 50 caliber or bigger. So in other words, the, the workhorse of the American law enforcement officer's safety and survival, the 12-gauge shotgun, can no longer be utilized. So they're taking away a life protection weapon from the police. In addition, they have they have said you can't even use chemical munitions at all. So yep. when it comes down to less than lethal and also less than lethal weapons that have projectiles, 
they're not allowed to be used. So in essence, you're only giving the police officers one option, and that option is deadly force. But they've also right. changed the uh, the policy and the law in when a police officer can use deadly force in in in, a, in an effort to curtail police shootings. So so legitimate uses of force that any cop in the United States would be um, would be given the opportunity to utilize to save their own lives or the lives of others has now been taken away from them. And this and this very weird wording of when you can use deadly force is designed to be able to to uh, create prosecutions against law enforcement. So absolutely. If we see something like that from the president, how is this going to affect law enforcement all over the country? People are going to stop. The cops are going to stop doing what they. There's whole parts of the of law enforcement that are responding to calls. They're just not. They they're, they are putting themselves at risk. They are putting them their not only themselves but their families at risk. They have no support. Continue, and they've been going on for years, Randy. You know this. The undermining of the American law enforcement has been going on for fifty years. Uh, you know, and then mostly in the in the last 30 years, uh, from Weather Underground, from the Marxist movement through Prairie Fire, this is an intentional effort to undermine American law enforcement and bring in a, a, a national federalized agency. And how do they do that? They defund it. And when you defund a police department, you take away all of their tools, right? Like you've been saying, they take away their training because training is expensive. Ammo is expensive. So they take away, those are the budget items that go, and then what happens to an, un, uh, an untrained police officer on the street? Something bad's going to happen, and that's what they're planning on. They plan on some, their, their, their effort is to make sure something bad happens on the street so that we can have another George Floyd incident. And that clearly undermines and erodes the confidence of the American people furthermore. You know, you, you, talk about, you just talked about something that um, is, is a real issue, and that is the effort to federalize law enforcement. Um, that, is, that is in the playbook of, of, a, uh, of, 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 of literally communism, communism and, and, and Marxism, creating absolutely. a Marxist society. And, um, yep. and this is, this is very, this is, uh, disturbing on every level because it, you can push that, 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 uh, um, topic to the American people and you can make it sound like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to federalize law enforcement. We're going to make this. And that, that takes all the way, all the power away from local communities to, Right. The, to, to police themselves. And I, I know there's been, <clears throat> excuse me, there's been talk um, over the last, I would say, uh, beginning with the Obama administration uh, in, in methodologies in order to incorporate a federalized system. And we've seen a, a large um, influx of new federal responsibilities and laws um, that, that, that are encroaching on that. In fact, I want to talk about um, this. Uh, this just came out. Justice Department creating unit focused on domestic terrorism. The department's top national security official, 
described a, quote, elevated, unquote, threat from violent extremists. This is from the Associated Press. Uh, the Justice Department is establishing a specialized unit focused on domestic terrorism, the department's top national security official told lawmakers, uh, as he described an elevated threat from violent extremists. Assistant Attorney General Matthew Olson testifying just days after the nation observed the one-year anniversary of the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol said the number of FBI investigations into suspected terrorist violent extremists has more than doubled since the spring of 2020. Uh, Senate Judiciary Committee Senator Dick Durbin with ranking member Senator Chuck Grassley um, during this committee hearing to examine the domestic terrorism threat one year after the uh, Capitol Hill uh, event. Um, they're the ones that are that are most involved in this. Um, we've seen a growing threat from those who are motivated by racial animus, as well as, the, as those who ascribe to extremist anti-government and anti-authority ideologies. Um, but the, the issue remains politically frightened, freighted, excuse me, and divisive in part because the absence of a federal domestic terrorism statute has created ambiguities as to precisely what sort of violence meets that definition. The U.S. Criminal Code defines domestic terrorism as violence intended to coerce or intimidate a civilian population and to influence government policy. But there is no standalone domestic terrorism charge, meaning prosecutors have to rely on other statutes. You know, Healthy Cell is a terrific lineup of products. They have products that are pill-free, gel pack vitamins, uh, looking for better sleep, focus and energy, check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator in nutritional supplements for cell health. Healthy Cell has a product that helps REM sleep, helps you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep supplement the only sleep supplement that's designed to support all stages of sleep. And boy, is it needed now during all the stress of the COVID-19 pandemic. So go to HealthyCell.com and use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD, for a 20% off your first order of any product from Healthy Cell. I use them every day. I believe in them. And you should too. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization 
that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Because of COVID-19, Many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, Taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The Justice Department is just been given the mandate. Now, this comes very closely on the heels of a Justice Department that um, that that uh, gave the FBI the authority to uh, investigate domestic terrorism in the form of parents who who are um, concerned about the education that their children are getting, and and it resulted in some. Uh, uh, you know, some very highly um, politicized and and also um, you know put out into the public some of the meetings that have that have you know gotten very very heated, uh, and somehow the Justice Department is equating those people, the parents, who were very who were very passionate about that they should have some say in the education of their children, somehow. That got morphed into this whole domestic terrorism. And now suddenly they're going to be creating a unit focused on this. I don't know about you, but that sends a little shiver up my spine when it comes down to the possibilities of way, way big government overreach in regards to uh, to these kind of prosecutions. What do you think? Well, I, I, I got a big thought on this. It, it comes from... I mean, this is so anti-American. It's not even funny. It's so unconstitutional. Um, and, and going back to this, yeah, you're right. It started down in Loudoun County. I think that was kind of ground zero for you know moms and dads to be very upset. 
uh, with the CRT being taught in their schools down there, not only being taught, but they, uh, you know, being uh, uh, two female students for in county and the, and the parents were upset about them allowing a, a, a boy to wear a dress and allow them him to go into a uh, and use a female's restroom um, and then and then have the uh, uh, the officials um, allow him and just move him to another school and let him do it again this this is kind of ground zero you're right and people and parents are fed up with this and do you know how this all started so Merrick Garland our incredible AG uh, he sent there's a group of uh, a national organization that is like a parent uh, is a um, board meeting national organization for school boards. They ended up writing a letter to the Justice Department because the Justice Department told them to write the letter so they could have evidence of something going on that they could show that they were afraid and they were scared. The Justice Department made them write the letter to show them that they were scared so they could put this uh, into action. Randy. So this is coming right from Merrick Garland and the parents that have 100% should be involved with their children's education. And the Virginian governor, thank God they got rid of that loser, uh, says that they're, you know, we're going to arrest parents who, who want to participate and, and engage in their child's education. That's insanity. So uh, you want to talk to the definition of a domestic terrorist? They've got, they're letting, a, our wall is completely, people are walking completely freely across our wall. You want to talk about terrorism? There are terrorists walking across our border, southern border, every single day. And, and right. And, this isn't and, going to end well for the Justice Department. And, and the, uh, but they're pushing it through. I mean, and, and let's, let's look at, let's look at what happened the other day. You know, um, I did a, I did a, one of the podcasts that I did, um, related to the FBI and I, I, I said the, the title of the program from the untouchables to the untrustables and right. you know you and I both worked with with federal agencies I worked with the FBI a lot and I had yeah. nothing but respect for the field agents that I worked with but the the, the politicized leadership of the FBI is is a, is, is is so apparent to the American people that it's it's they now seem to be literally a political arm of the Democratic Party, uh, and and they're doing their dirty work. So you have the and then just the other day we had the, the the terrorist literally the terrorist that was allowed into this country a real terrorist a real terrorist who was given a visa to come into this country um, without any scrutiny whatsoever then takes over uh, a synagogue um the guy is a, is a is a muslim extremist and the fbi once once the the incident is over and by the way we still don't know how the suspect died all we know is that he was that he's dead we don't know how right. and somehow the media has is not even asking the question who did the fbi kill him or did he kill himself what happened in that in that in that synagogue, and then the and then the statement by the FBI says it wasn't even uh, an anti-Semitic attack; that it was it had nothing to do with the fact that they were Jewish. That is the most outrageous comment. What do they? What do they get out of this? 
what are they trying to is it is it because the this administration is anti-semitic is that what the reason is because i sure as hell can't figure it out it doesn't make any sense at all what i mean what, what how do you see it the the, the biden administration is 100 percent anti-semitic you look how they you look at their views of israel you look at their views on palestine how they believe that palestine should you know be, be able to um just take over you look at the relationship they have with iran um they love iran uh, for some reason the democrats are in bed with the, the ayatollah and the ayatollah hates israel they hate them they they're in for their destruction in fact iran hates america they 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 have us in for destruction as well so it doesn't surprise me in fact i know you know the history show in the we have we now have history on biden because he's been on this earth longer than anybody that i ever heard <laughs> you know methuselah he's got methuselah was 900 years old right so um he's getting up there but sir to be honest with you i think that yes i think he it is anti-semitic and i think that the, the office the uh, agent on charge was told to say this is not a terrorist attack this has nothing to do with terrorism well, we, what we did this guy how, do drive down the, the we all know how the feds work the, yeah. nothing gets said unless it's approved by washington that's right yeah so the guy on charge saying oh nothing to see here you know <laughs> this uh uh, you know, uh, uh, Arabic or Muslim guy just happened to be driving by a synagogue and trying to take it over. Yeah, it's it's insane. So the Justice Department creating a unit focused on domestic terrorism. Um, I don't know. I, I I've got some serious reservations about that. Um, the the they have plenty of anti-terrorism task forces all over this country. And uh, to me, this looks like a, um, a methodology of exerting more control over the American people. Absolutely, they are. Have you noticed also that they're opening up capital? And tell me why, and we've been in this business a long time, why would you need a capital lease uh, substation in, outside of D.C.? They're putting them up in different states. They're putting them in California and Florida and some of these places that have capital police. Why do they need them there? Yeah, the, the, there and there is a perfect example of federalizing law enforcement. Exactly. Capital exactly. police. And, and let, I, I, this is a great time to talk about this. The Capitol Police, unlike any other police department in the country. Uh, so every other law enforcement um, uh, organization has either a chief or a sheriff or uh, or an agent in charge, right? The Capitol Police have the strangest uh, have the strangest top echelon. So there, while there is a chief of police, that chief of police basically has no power because the the actual leadership is the sergeant at arms of the Democratic Senate and the sergeant at arms of the Republican Senate who then take turns each year on being the part of the of the law enforcement committee. Now, who do they report to? Now, the other person that's involved in this is is the 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 architect of the Capitol. Tell me what that has to do with law enforcement. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But who do they report to during the January 6th quote insurrection unquote? Nancy Pelosi was in charge. So the, the, the head of the 
the sergeant at arms of the Democratic Senate reports to the Speaker of the House. So, so now we have now we have politicians who are in charge of the Capitol Police, and now they're putting they're putting Capitol Police around the country. That is really scary, and that is federalizing law enforcement. We got to stop it, Randy. It's got to scary stop. stuff. People need to know what's happening because we take. You're going to lose your local constable. You're going to lose your local dare officer. You're going to lose your. Listen, people. Part of the community. Your local cops are part of the community. We coach. We're your pre preachers. We're your pastors. We we're 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 part of the fabric of our community, small and large. And you're going to lose that when you bring the government in to control it. They can't. They the government can't even manage a, a, a lemonade stand. You want them to manage a, a yeah. law enforcement? Right. Exactly. So let's talk. I want. You know, we were talking about heroism on, when I when I was talking about the culture of heroism in law enforcement. And I think this this story that came out of uh, Milwaukee uh, just a few days ago illustrates that point. Uh, this is uh, from Fox 6 in, uh, in Milwaukee. Carjacking victim details Milwaukee cops heroic, heroics, even after he was shot rescuing her. This is out of Milwaukee. The food delivery driver who was rescued from a carjacker called the off-duty Milwaukee police detective who was shot multiple times after coming to her rescue, quote, a hero who didn't care about his own safety. Carjacking occurred at about 2 p.m. Uh, in the 200 block of East Buffalo in front of the Shake Shack in the 3rd Ward, according to the Milwaukee Police Department. The food delivery driver told WITI that she parked her vehicle on the street with her three daughters in the back seat while she ran to pick up an order at Shake Shack. She said she was walking towards the restaurant when she saw a Shake Shack employee gesturing wildly at her and pointing. Their car pulled up next to mine. The would-be carjacking victim told WITI he jumped out and jumped into mine. But the carjacker wasn't expecting what he found in the back seat. My daughter said, who are you to him? And he turned around and said, whoa, and jumped out, the delivery driver said. She said she watched the would-be carjacker run away and realized that he had dropped his phone on the ground next to her car. I went and grabbed the phone and then went and told the restaurant to call 911. Call them, please, she said. I have his phone. And that's when things went sideways. As I'm talking and saying I have his phone, he heard me. And he turned towards me and came rushing back at me, wrapped his arms around me, and tried to tackle me to the ground to get his phone back. That There was a 37-year-old off-duty Milwaukee police detective inside the Shake Shack who rushed to the rescue delivery driver. They were wrestling on the ground, and then you heard two shots, followed by more shots. She described the terrifying scene. While that was happening, the restaurant employees were pulling me to the back, and I was trying to get to my kids. She said she saw the officer who had intervened to save her bleeding on the ground, but he still didn't seem to be worried about himself, just about the safety of the public and stopping the criminals. The whole time... She, he was on the ground. He was just repeating the plate number and what he wanted them to write down so he just didn't care about himself at all. Milwaukee police in his press release said the de detective returned fire, but there was no indication that anyone had been hit. Officers spotted the suspect vehicle. A pursuit took place and the suspect fled on foot. They apprehended a 17-year-old male and an 18-year-old male. The 18-year-old was already out on bond facing other charges on another crime that just happened months ago.
delivery driver called the police detective who rescued her a hero for rushing to her help. And that is the reality. Um, that when I talk about the culture of heroism, here's an off-duty detective. He doesn't have to get involved in this, but yet he sees what dangerous situation is taking place and without any thought about his own personal safety, goes out and intervenes and who knows uh, if how, how many lives he might have saved, including those three children that were in the back seat. So that's the culture of heroism that I talk about. There are more stories like that than there are George Floyd stories. There's a trillion of those stories than there are anything else. And But the problem, you won't ever hear it, Randy. They're, the only place that they're going to hear it is through outlets like you do and outlets and you know, hopefully my podcast or, and, and some other people. But that's not what the main agenda is. It's not about being heroes. You know, we were heroes right after 9-11, right? Cops were heroes for a couple of years after that. And yeah, then, um, and then, and then that didn't last. <laughs> didn't last long. Um, you know, uh, not everything is rosy in law enforcement, and and sometimes a story comes up that is really disturbing. Um, and and this one that just came up the other day, um, I I've, I've got real issues with this, and I, I mean it's really really disturbing to see this video. This came out of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Florida law enforcement officers seen on video grabbing fellow officers' throat under investigation. The younger officer had been trying to de-escalate a tense arrest. This is, um, this is really, I saw the video, I know you did as well. If anybody wants to take a look at this video, it's easily found on, on uh, YouTube. Just punch in Florida law enforcement officer uh, uh, grabbing fellow officer. Um, a veteran police sergeant is on desk duty and under investigation after wrapping his hand around the throat of a junior officer and pushing her up against a police cruiser after she tried to de-escalate a situation involving the sergeant and a suspect at a crime scene. The uh, chief of police said the actions were disgusting, according to TV station WSVN. Uh, Gordon Weeks, Broward County's public defender, sent the chief a letter questioning why police, the, uh, that, that's the name of the sergeant, police, has not been arrested on a charge of battery on a law enforcement officer. Um, so it, what, what happened was the, uh, the video was body cam video and the, uh, sergeant was involved in the arrest of a, of a subject who was clearly very mouthy and, but he was handcuffed and they're putting him in the car and you can see that the sergeant is about to pepper spray the handcuffed prisoner and he's out of control. Um, and the officer you can see is trying to pull him away which is exactly what that officer should do. Because if we don't police ourselves, then we that's when we come up with, with these incidents that are so um, derogatory towards law enforcement. So this officer did, she showed courage. I mean, can you, you imagine a police officer, a PO, um, intervening with a, with a supervisor, a sergeant, in that tense situation. She's got guts, she did the right thing, and then you see him grab her by the throat and push her against a car. This guy is out of control, and uh, unacceptable. And I mean, it was it was really disturbing to see. Um, you know, I don't know I don't know what this guy's past is like. Uh, I don't know what you know what his what his mindset was that day. But one thing I do know that he was out of control, and that officer was trying to save his career by by helping to control him. When when and listen, we've all been there as a law enforcement officer. We're human. 
We get our buttons pushed and we get pissed. And and that's a that's a bad situation to be in because you can overreact and and it's necessary for us to police ourselves and 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 control the situation but it was really really ugly i know you saw it too i did say it it's it's too bad you're right we we can get to that point where just man we you don't like you said you don't know what was going on. and i'm not giving him a defense but you don't know what was going in his mind you don't know what was going on that day you don't know if his wife just left you just don't know but first of all that uh, she did the exact thing that any partner should do or any officer should do on that scene. There, there is no, you're being a good partner by doing that because you're, you are, you're saving his career. You know, you're saving him from a whole bunch of mess. So well, he's, number one, he's that got himself female in officer, it now. He's got himself oh, in it now. The, the female officer did the right thing. Um, you know, and he lost it. Um, so it's just yeah. uh, so if you know you officers if you're still on the street and if something like this happens you know and she she wasn't she didn't like make it all crazy she just grabbed his vest and kind of pulled him out of the, out of the back yeah. of the cruiser a little bit you know you know Sarge come on let's go Sarge that type of thing yeah yeah and, she uh, she wasn't was, having was, any part of it she was stellar she was stellar so um yeah. we're we're uh, we're getting close to our time limit here please tell uh, the audience first of all your podcast. Yeah, it's called Freedom from Fear, the podcast. And what I want to do is I cover uh, mental wellness, physical wellness, uh, emotional and spiritual wellness for cops and veterans. Um, it just, I bring together people who've got the stories and have, uh, you know, have the street cred to know uh, that we've dealt with suicide. We've dealt with deep uh, PTSD and injuries and divorce and alcoholism. And that's that's the type of stuff we're going after. Um, you know, we, we like I said before, we don't talk about it enough. Uh, we cops tend to isolate. Vets, veterans tend to isolate. Right. Um, and this is this allows us to open up and, and have a discussion. And uh, talk more about your. How do people know more about your incredible product that's coming out? It's real simple. F3Defense.com. Right behind me. If you can see it on the wall. <laughs> F3Defense.com. Uh, I yeah. It's this is it's an amazing product. I've seen it. Um, demonstrated and it's good. I, I can't wait to get it in my in my I'm putting on my Corvette yeah you need one I, yeah I saw your license plate when you pulled it up <laughs> I love it uh, all right so all right so um, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to be my co-host today Mike Mercer um, veteran law enforcement officer, inventor, and uh, an all-around good guy. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to join me here on The Voice for American Law Enforcement. Randy, my pleasure. You're a brother, and I love you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to end this program uh, talking about the Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. Um, I'm often contacted by people who follow this podcast, who follow me on social media, read my books, and they say, Randy, I, I, I follow law enforcement, I support law enforcement, but I don't know how to show that support. So this is a real meaningful way that you can support law enforcement. Go to thewoundedblue.org. That's our, that's our website. Learn about our organization. We have an incredible documentary film. It's on Amazon.com. It's called uh, The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. Uh, I really would love you to, to get that film, watch it. It will shock you that 
um, the, the, the real ways that law enforcement officers are being treated once they're injured and disabled, either physically or psychologically. It's shameful what is happening in this country. And the Wounded Blue was born from that pain. And uh, we've helped more than uh, almost 14,000 American law enforcement officers um, in, in just uh, two and a half years. And you can see my shirt. If you want this shirt or under the gear, the mugs, go to thewoundedblue.org, look in the shop section. It'll take you to a Relentless Defender who, who markets all of our, our they, they design all our gear. And they're a great company. I love them. Um, the other thing you could do, if you have the ability to donate, please do. Um, keep up with who we are, what we're doing. Uh, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to tease right now. I've got, uh, uh, in case you haven't known that I'm an author, I've written four books, all available on Amazon.com. But number five is, is slated to come out in May. And this is going to be, um, I, I believe it's going to be the, the, the blueprint of where we, how we got here, where we are, and how we get to a better place when it comes down to the public safety of the American people. So um, keep your eye on uh, the Wounded Blue. Follow me at the Voice for American Law Enforcement. Uh, if you want to connect with me, Randy at thewoundedblue.org. That's Randy at thewoundedblue.org. If you are a law enforcement officer and you have faced serious trauma, either physical, psychologically, uh, you don't need to be alone. You don't need to suffer in silence. Because the men and women who serve on the peer advocate support team of the Wounded Blue are all certified peer counselors. And every single one of them has faced the same challenges that you have. We are your Blue family. And we mean it when we say never forgotten, never alone. So I'm Randy Sutton uh, for the Wounded Blue. Randy Sutton for the Voice for American Law Enforcement. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. And uh, we'll see you soon.